the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. everybody to another edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host Colby Powell. Glad to be back this week. This is my first show this week. I've been busy. Been real busy trying to fit everything in, but glad to be back. Hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. You can also find our partners Boone Pickens State. Search Boone Pickens State on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I think that was the first place that I found out the other day that homecoming has been canceled in Stillwater. Dion Amade joins us as he does every single Wednesday. You can find him online, Twitter, Instagram, Dion Amade underscore 28. Dion, no homecoming. I think we knew that this was coming. I think we knew that we weren't going to get together for walk around on Friday night, but hearing it and having it be postponed, because I also, I think that this is the 100th edition of Oklahoma State's homecoming, and it's, it's a bummer that we don't get to have it, but you need to do the 100th edition right, so I would rather them postpone it till 2021 where we can do it right than try to squeeze it in in 2020 and have it be no good. How does that work? Can you postpone a homecoming? Like, is homecoming an event, or is it like an anniversary? Like, like can you no, it's an event. Like say, oh, wait, no homecoming? Huh, interesting. I never thought about that, because when, when I heard the news, first of all, it was the second most shocking thing I heard of coming from a university because, you know, Oklahoma State, we do homecoming big, bro. Biggest homecoming in America. It's huge. And, but the first, one I, the first one I heard was Texas uh, banning parties on and off campus. <laughs> and I had a, a, a nice little chuckle with that one because of the fact that, did. hey, man, I don't know how in the world y'all are going to accomplish that. And then second, when Oklahoma State said no homecoming, I was like, whoa. Man, this is going to be a really strange football season. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, the University of Texas in Austin came out and told all of their students that they were not to have any parties on or off campus. And uh, I'm sure all of the 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds who attend school there said, sure, no problem. We won't party this year. We're going to be responsible right. and not throw these parties since you asked so nicely. That That's not going to work, Dion. I, I really don't know how the logistics of putting... 20,000 students on campus uh, works this fall. I, I don't know that that's going to happen, but whenever we look at the, the sports side of it, Dion, now the Big 12 has come out and announced a, a 9 plus 1 schedule. Essentially, you're going to play all your conference games. It'll still be round robin, and then you get to keep one non-conference game. So for OU, we kind of know that that's going to be um, not Western Illinois. That's one of Oklahoma State's opponents. Uh, for OU, it's not going to be Tennessee. It's not going to be Army. It's going to be whatever the other school is that they're playing in their in their pay-per-view game, and we kind of know that. For Oklahoma State, we really don't know yet. It could be either Western Illinois or Tulsa. Now, Western Illinois, FCS, uh, a school that you bring in, you beat up on them, you get warmed up, and then you go into conference play. Or Tulsa, which might give you Pardon me, might give you a little bit of a run for your money, and uh, you might have to play some good football, but also you play them every year. So what do, what do you think the best choice is for Oklahoma State to determine who they play in the non-conference? Well, I want to, like, you know me, I'm, I'm an accountant and finance guy by heart, so economically I always think of it in, in that landscape as much as people want to say that this is not a business, we all know the truth. Uh, so that's where the, the money talks. And I think that's if we're going to get an accurate opinion or, you know, accurate gauge on which way OSU is going to be leaning, I think 
the more more money will come to Oklahoma State if they play Tulsa. I, I, I with the smaller, and I think because I think it's farther down the schedule. I believe it. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's the third game in the non-conference schedule. I'll, I'll look it up to make sure, but I think it's the third one. Yeah, and then so it gives them a little bit more time to get prepared to get everything ready as far as at, at the stadium. Tulsa is a home game, so you still have that home matchup. I know uh, the the other game is a home game as well. Real quick, I don't want to cut then, you off, but Tulsa's actually the second game. Tulsa's currently scheduled for September 12th. Western Illinois currently scheduled for September 19th, but I believe that the conference and the NCAA are going to give teams the ability to flex their schedules because I think that they're planning on starting everyone on the same day, and I would guess that it would be that Saturday, September 19th date based on kind of what we've been hearing. Yeah, hmm, interesting. So, but yeah, I think for money, uh, economically wise, Tulsa is the, is the better matchup to go to, and I'm, I'm I'm guessing that contract is better than the than the one that they have with uh, what's the school Western Western Illinois Western <laughs> yeah well, I'm guessing that contract Illinois is a little is bit not good better. Football. Then you go down to Northern Illinois, and Northern Illinois is all right, but then you go further down to get to Western Illinois. For me as a fan, Dion, I would just rather see a little better caliber of football. If we're only getting 10 of these things, and, and fingers crossed that we do get 10 of these things, I would rather see Oklahoma State play Tulsa, which is going to be a better caliber of football than if they go play FCS Western Illinois. But here's the thing. you got to think of the dynamics of the season that we have upon us. This is a, a rare, you know, you know, embarrassment of riches where you have 18, guy, 18 to 30 starters, a lot of first, a couple of first round draft picks, a very, very talented bunch where these guys projected number two in the Big 12 could make a, a real push for not only the Big 12 championship, but the national championship. So you don't want one of these non-conference games coming here and tripping you up. And with everything going around and everything, you know, everything being unusual the way it is, if, if I'm not saying there's a chance that Tulsa could come into the Pickham Stadium and beat and beat Oklahoma State, but you got to get these wins where you can. There's going to be no such thing as strength of schedule this year. Uh, there's no, nobody's going to be paying attention to these non-conference games. In my opinion, when we get down to who's going to be in and who's going to be out, that might be the, you know the final thing. But I think everything is going to be based on style points about how good your conference is. And what is is the best team from those Power Five conferences? And so I don't want I don't want an opportunity to bring in a team that's seen us every year to come in here and have, pull up the upset, and our season goes down the drain from the jump. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I know. Exactly so that's what something. You're that's, a, that's a concern. Yeah, and That's a concern it, that we have to think about. I, I, I agree to an extent because you, you never know what's going to happen with COVID. And let's say you're going into the Tulsa game, and then on Wednesday you have a whole bunch of guys test positive for COVID, and you have to run a bunch right. of guys that you don't want to run out there. And, and, and then the other side of me thinks, you know, barring injury, barring COVID – if you can't go out and beat Tulsa, then you don't deserve to be in the conversation at the end of the year anyway. But it's 
COVID makes everything different because you don't know you don't know exactly who's going to be on the field. Um, but Dion, by the way, the way you said accurate made me think of uh, one coach Gundy. And and by the way, we want to send our deepest condolences to the Gundy family as Mike and Kale's mom Judy passed away on Sunday. Uh, I never met her, didn't know a ton about her, but uh, I've been listening to Sports Talk Radio the last couple of days, and people who did, I listened to Pat Jones yesterday, had had nothing but the absolute best things to say about Judy Gundy. So. Uh, our sincerest condolences go out to the Gandhi family. Yeah, very much so. And I've, I've never had an opportunity of meeting Coach Gundy's mom, but I've heard so many stories about her. Robert Allen wrote a terrific article on, uh, on Sports Illustrated and telling how much of a football mom she was. And just calling her one of the best football moms of all time. And so she knew her stuff. And, you know, I, I wanted to say my deepest condolences to the Gundy family and hopefully they get through this tough time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. Uh, We'll talk some more Oklahoma State football. We'll see what the conference schedule could potentially look like, how we think that is setting up. There's one opponent on Oklahoma State's schedule that it's been a little bit of a rocky week uh, for a fellow Big 12 school. So we'll talk about that as well. We'll keep things rolling. Stay with us here. We'll be back on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back. We're rolling along here on Locked On Pokes. Colby Powell and Dion Amade. Glad to be with you uh, on this wet, rainy, chilly uh, Wednesday morning here in Oklahoma City. Is it rainy and cold up there in Tulsa, Dion? I know that's like a whole different planet y'all are on up the turnpike. <laughs> it's, it's not raining yet, but it's so gloomy outside that you know it's about to come here pretty soon. I let my dogs out this morning. They came back, muddy paws, huge, wet, muddy paws. And uh, I looked at my phone, 64 degrees, uh, and it is very wet outside. So not your typical August morning in the state of Oklahoma. Dion, we're talking about college football and how we move forward, what this 9 plus 1 schedule looks like. It would mean either Tulsa or Western Illinois for Oklahoma State. And then you dive in to your conference schedule, and I would assume uh, that the Big 12 would keep the conference schedule the same. This is, uh, you know, the one conference where everybody plays everybody. It's round robin because you only have 10 teams in the conference. So whereas some of these other conferences may have to adjust schedules to facilitate an extra game, the Big 12 won't have to do that. So Oklahoma State uh, was originally slotted to take on TCU on Saturday, October 3rd in Fort Worth. And Dion, before we dive too much into Oklahoma State's schedule, let's talk about TCU a little bit. Uh, There was an incident earlier this week, I believe it was on Monday at TCU, and at the root of the problem, Dion, is um, the the fact that my people, if you will, just won't accept the fact that there is one word that we're just not allowed to use uh, because of the the past of our country. That we're just not allowed to use that word. And apparently, that memo did not get passed on to Gary Patterson, uh, who used that word in front of a single player. Uh, and then he went into a meeting room full of players, or maybe it was the locker room full of players, uh, and used that word again, at which point his players decided that they were not going to practice until they had a serious conversation uh, about why that was unacceptable. Dion, what is the deal? We saw um, earlier this this summer, obviously, the Black Lives Matter stuff with Mike Gundy and Chuba Hubbard, and now we see Coach Patterson, um, regardless of context, using the N-word twice uh, in front of his players on Monday. W- what is the deal with everything going on this offseason, and, and how do you think that uh, this plays out down at TCU? Yeah, man, I mean, again, it's a situation where a, a coach 
is not only in danger of losing his team, but losing his job because of the choices of words that he's using. I, I got to reiterate this for people, and I don't know why I keep having to do so. And, and Kobe, help me out here. I mean, the fact of the matter is, in any place, at any time in your life, if you are not African-American, you do not have the right to say a specific word, which is the N-word, in any sort of context whatsoever. Yeah, and, and Dino, Again, this is what we have you to communicate. Never, don't say it. Co- context doesn't matter. The context in which Gary Patterson doesn't. said it doesn't matter. The I, I give a simple test to people if you want to know whether or not you can say the N-word. Take your left hand, hold it up in the air, look at the back of it. Is it white? If the answer is yes, then you don't get to say the N-word. And, you, you know, if you want to get into the why, people can Google that. It's 2020. Uh, that, that word no longer belongs to our community. It belonged to our community for a long time for a very hateful reason, and it no longer does. It's just one word that you can't say. It, it shouldn't have that big of an impact on your life to not say that one word. And for whatever reason, people still do. And for whatever reason, Dion, a Division One Power 5 college football coach didn't understand as of August of 2020 that you can't walk into a locker room full of your unpaid African-American players and say that word. It just it, it, it blew my mind to, to read that story on Monday. And let me take it another another level. Let me take it a, a little further than that. Not only can you not say it, you don't have the right to tell someone that is African-American when he can or can't say it. You don't have that right either. I've had, I've had this conversation with a couple of people saying that, well, if it's a rule, why can't a head coach enforce it? That's not a rule that he's allowed to enforce. No, don't get me wrong. And let me, this is this is a double standard, and it's a double standard for a reason. If it's an African American ho- coach, staff member, employee who has who feels like it's necessary to go over to that African American student and explain to him why he thinks it's not appropriate for him to say it at, at that setting, that's fine by me. That's fine by me. But if it's not, you do not have the right to tell him African American individual when he can or cannot say it. That's not your place. If you feel like it's not the, this is an uncomfortable situation, you walk over to somebody who, who you respect and you say, hey, I, this is probably not my place, but I don't know if this is the right setting for them to be saying that term here. And he can tell you, I agree or disagree, I'll talk to them. You don't have that right. It's not your place. Yeah, very well said, Dion. Very well said. So we'll see how that all plays down uh, at TCU. From from the accounts of the players, uh, it looks as if they had uh, a big, long meeting and conversation with Coach Patterson and and conveyed to him why he can't say that word regardless of context. So so hopefully uh, that got through and hopefully everything's fine down at TCU. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's been a weird, a weird off season of having to deal with these spats between players, uh, and their let's, let's call them old fashioned, uh, coaches Dion so that we don't, uh, we don't get anybody too riled up on this, this rainy Wednesday, but th- bringing it back now to Oklahoma state schedule, uh, TCU and Iowa state right off the bat, uh, in big 12 conference play. I mean, TCU, I don't think we fully know how good they're going to be this year, but when Brock Purdy and Iowa state come to town, you better have it figured out 
out against either Western Illinois or Tulsa and then TCU. Uh, that's not the easiest possible start to the conference schedule for Oklahoma State, but it's important that they get off to a 2-0 start in conference to set the tone for the rest of the season. Yes, very important. And that TCU game is going to be very important to see how our team is actually going to be able to look this year because let's let's not be, you know, surprised by the fact that TCU is going to, like, TCU is one of those teams that you'd rather play later down the schedule because they always look good early. You remember what they looked like against uh, Ohio State a couple of years years ago? That's TCU every year. They're going to have uh, how about, speed. They're going to. How about 2017, whenever Mason Rudolph and James Washington were seniors, and TCU came in on the last Saturday in September and made Oklahoma State look silly? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm telling you, when they're healthy, their speed is dangerous. Their athletes look good because they're a bunch of track stars out there, and their defense is always good. So they're always going to be dangerous. So getting them drawn at the first, Oh, man, it's so dangerous. And they do have – and I'm not too sure who their starting quarterback is going to be uh, because they, kid, they're right? not – Duggan, what's his name? They, they say Duggan, but it, it looks like right here that TCU's Alex, uh, Alex Delton – uh, is Delta still around? I need to do more TCU research. I will before we uh, fully dive into uh, the previews as we get closer to the season. But I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Max Duggan, Dugan, whatever, however you pronounce it based on what I'm reading. Yeah, well, he, and he had a fantastic year as a true freshman last year. He came in ready to go. And so, so I, if he's the starting quarterback, we should be very weary. Yes, that TCU game is uh, a big, big game to start the season for Oklahoma State. Last thing you want to do is start with a loss. That would just really sour what's supposed to be a great year for Oklahoma State. Let's take a quick break, come back. We'll look at the rest of Oklahoma State's schedule as it stands now, uh, see how it's probably going to unfold uh, as we try to battle through COVID and get some football in this fall. We're going to take a break. We'll be back wrapping things up here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on a Wednesday. Colby Powell, Dion Imade. It looks like we've got a plan for college football season. Uh, is it a good plan? We'll find out in the next couple of months. We'll see how this thing looks moving forward. Dion, as we continue to look at Oklahoma State's schedule, we talk about the tough start with TCU and Iowa State, and then a couple road games uh, for Oklahoma State at Kansas and at Oklahoma, obviously you would assume that Kansas will still be Kansas and assuming health, assuming uh, that there are no positive COVIDs, uh, no COVID outbreaks that cause guys to be benched for that week. You would assume Oklahoma State takes care of business against Kansas. And then you've got that monster matchup in Norman scheduled for late October, October 24th. The, the game's been moved up. It's usually uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. This year they moved it up to October that game, Dion, between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State is a huge, huge game for both sides in the quest to make it to the Big 12 championship. Very much so, man. That's the juggernaut right there. And you know, the re- we all know the reason why that game moved up to the middle of the season instead of the last game of the season like it has been in, in, in years past. And it's because both of these schools in Oklahoma have a very, very strong possibility of making it to the Big 12 championship every single year and especially this year. One and two coming out of the preseason rankings. So 
there could be a preview of the Big 12 championship, which is a game that they have moved to December. They they made it flexible where they could either play December 12th or December 19th. So we'll they, see. They, also, they uh, can also leave it on the 5th. I think I was reading that they can leave it on the 5th, but if they get to the end of the season, and let's say there are there are COVID situations or there's a scenario where they need to move it, they have the capability and the flexibility to move it to the 12th or the 19th. And that's, I mean, that's a good idea. I think it's more of a protecting the money in a situation where if any star players seem to be uh, testing positive, we can give them an opportunity to you know, clean, clear up their system and test negative so they can get them on the field and put out the best product. We can get one of these Big 12 schools into the Final Four. Yeah, basically, I think if about December 1st rolls around and Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace pop positive for COVID, okay, let's go ahead and postpone this no thing until the 19th. Same thing if it's Spencer Rattler or Charleston Rambo or somebody down in Norman. They want to make sure that when the Big 12 championship game is played, uh, everyone can be out there. The next four games on Dion's schedule, I think you would say anything less than 4-0, and and those four would be a major disappointment. Tech at home on Halloween, uh, at Baylor the following Saturday, home against West Virginia, at Kansas state that's a four game stretch where you just can't have a letdown you've got to come to play all four of those saturdays and uh, a 4-0 record through those four games is should be expected i think man kansas state at the end just like i said when playing tcu early is dangerous playing kansas state late is dangerous we have the experience to say we know because, I mean, that's a tough, gritty bunch. Once injuries start to roll in and, you know, people start to, you know, get fatigued, Kansas State, is they're fighters, man, and they'll fight you to the very end. And if you're not ready for that fight, they'll take it to you. And, I mean, that's a, that, that one has me a little nervous as well. Yeah, that, uh, that'll be a tough one, I think, just because of where it's positioned at Manhattan late in the season uh, and then closing out the season against Texas at home. Dion, we could see a scenario where, you know, the last several years, Oklahoma has had its birth to the Big 12 title game locked up uh, early to mid-November. We could see a situation where if that happens, OU and uh, not OU, Oklahoma State and Texas could be playing on Friday, November 27th, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, for a trip to the Big 12 championship game, that would be an intense playoff-type atmosphere if, in fact, those two schools were complete were competing for a trip to Dallas. Yeah, man, that could, that could be a real juggernaut right there. Especially, But Texas is one of those teams that I do uh, like playing towards the end of the season. It just seems like it fares well better. But if you, give, if, if you have a Texas team with hope, a Texas team that has a chance to make it to the Big 12 championship, man, watch out because that's going to be a game. That's going to be a game. But if it's a t- Texas team that's had, you know, uh, not a disappointing year or hasn't been up to par, I think it's, that, that's where you want, want to see Texas towards the end of the schedule. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like them better at the end. Last year they dealt with a ton of injuries. Uh, hopefully schools can avoid injuries as much as possible um, as, as we head into next season. By the way, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not. Amen Ogbongbamiga switching to number seven. And I don't know if I like that. I liked him being number 11. He was very easy to identify with the side-by-side ones. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. LB Brown switched from seven to zero. There's going to be some weird-looking weird numbers out there. I did not 
see that. Wow. Did, is that is, that's the case, really? Yeah. Amen on wrong with me. He's going to wear number seven. Also, Jarek Bernard is now Jarek Bernard Converse. So he will have two names on the back of his jersey, uh, just like Colby Harvell Peel. So there will be a ton of names What's running around in the Oklahoma State secondary. Man, you got the inside scoop, Kobe. I mean, if you want to find out anything about Oklahoma State football, here's your man right here, Kobe. Hey, to be fair, I uh, got it from our partners, Boone Pickens State, social media. Follow them. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good <laughs> stuff. Uh, Dion, moral of the story, let's just hope we have college football because just talking about the schedule today and the potential for these matchups to take place, I am so ready, so, so ready for some football. So, final final little tidbit. Who do you think it's going to be? Tulsa or Western Illinois? I think it will be Tulsa. I think logistically, the fact that they're an hour and 15 minutes up the road, they're in-state, uh, it's a little bit better opponent. I think it will be Tulsa. What about you? Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. If there's any chance that there's any COVID in Illinois, we don't want them to bring that stuff to Oklahoma. Less travel. Uh, more fans in the in the seats if they're going to allow fans if there's going to be a capacity cap. So I mean I think all roads point to Tulsa. Yep, I agree. Dion, good stuff. We'll get together again next week. Have a good weekend. Sounds good, my man. All right, it's Dion Amade. He joins me every single Wednesday here on Locked On Pokes. Glad everyone was with us. I'll be back with you Friday. Uh, by the way, golf fans, enjoy the PGA Championship the next couple of days. Ricky Fowler, Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf, uh, Charles Howell III, I'm assuming, is in the field. Taylor Gooch, I know, is in the field. A lot of Oklahoma State Cowboys uh, playing in the year's first major. So uh, enjoy that, golf fans. Uh, thanks to Dion for joining me on Wednesday, as he always does. Everyone, enjoy this nice, cool weather we're having. See you Friday. Thanks for listening to Locked On Pokes.